Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds Podcast. I'm Matt Bork. How are you getting on? What is the crack? Uh, that's a general thing that people ask, isn't it? How are you getting on? And we generally always say, oh yeah, grand, grand, grand. But that's not generally what we uh, we think. We just say that because we, we don't don't know what to say or we, we try help the other person. We say, oh yeah, grand, grand, grand. I was on a leadership course last year, transformation leadership course. And we used to do this check-in. How are you doing? Uh, talk about how you're feeling, what's come up for you, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic that you got to be able to openly tell how you felt, how you were affected by the course, how you were affected by things that happened the day before. But also gave you a great opportunity then to listen to other people and actually practice the art of listening, listening without interfering. And that's what we used to do, sit around the circle and listen. To the person without putting in without agreeing disagreeing but just focus on listening not judging reloading and just being present for the person and it's a it's a fantastic thing to do i tried to implement in my job but uh it didn't really go down that well but maybe i'll bring it back in again you know you have to be ready for these things you have to be open for them and maybe that wasn't the time to do but maybe we could do it again but it's a fantastic way to do and there's people in my job that i would be able to do that with uh, that I'd ask how are you doing and how are you really doing and they would tell me and if they asked me I would be able to say the same to them you know I'd tell them exactly how we were and it was interesting we were we were having a chat the other day me and a friend a close friend in the job and I was asking her how she was and she says yeah yeah all's good all's good and I says how's things with your relationship and all that and then she went on to start telling me about something something in the relationship that she wasn't happy with and you know something about a family member and I went on for a couple of minutes blah 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 telling me and telling me telling me and then I was saying to her so how was everything else you know how was this how was that how was this and she was like yeah it's fantastic that's brilliant that's great this is brilliant that's all brilliant you know and I just said to her I just want to say it back to you when I asked you first of all how things were you told me this uh thing that we've seen as a difficulty or we may let's say a negative you know and uh but you're after telling me five other things that are fantastic because i know i always do that why do i do that i says it's i kind of gave her this analogy and i don't know if this is going to work for you or not i said it's like and i do it too it's like having a bowl of stew right the pot and then the ingredients you have you know the the potatoes you have the meat you have the carrots you have the the onions, all the, the stock, and you have all the ingredients to make a fantastic stew. And you can you can equate them to love, kindness, trust, honor, respect. And that's what's in a relationship. And that's what was in this relationship. But yet we focus on the little things that could make the soup or the stew a little bit better. Like the parsley, there was no parsley, there was no thyme. Like that's going to be so significant. But we have the the meat and bones of the relationship, i.e. the stew, but yet we, we don't take stock, excuse the pun, of what we actually have already and how beautiful and how beneficial it already can be. I have my phone here because the camera is linked to this, uh, to the camera. Uh, yeah, so we do that all the time and I was only saying to my girlfriend down in Longford uh, two two weeks ago, yeah, inner city boy is going out with a girl in Longford, how mad is that? She even lets me wear my Air Max down there Oh no, actually she said that she'd buy me a pair of Welly Air Max when I cut her grass and that's not a euphemism. But anyway, what I was saying was, I was down there a couple of weeks ago and I was having porridge and it was lovely 
And I'm saying, if only it was covered in protein, whey protein, this protein put on it, I'll be lovely, it'd be so much better. And I just caught myself doing exactly what I was just telling there a few minutes ago. It could be better instead of being mindful of how brilliant it already is and and the benefits of it. I was focused on this could be better. You know, it's like what we talked about in an interview in a, in a couple of weeks about, you know, this push-pull. We're always looking for this push-pull, make things better instead of being present and happy of what we have. You know, it, it's have a think about it. Think about when, you, when, when somebody asks you something, where does your mind go? Does it go to... A place of negativity or do you straight away highlight the benefits of things you know i i tend to do it sometimes depending on my mood i will go that way uh yeah it's interesting what i have found to be hugely beneficial though to this would be my gratuity journal i keep a gratuity journal and that has really helped me focus on the things that are going well and just just the small things like it doesn't have to be anything major you know being having a, 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 an injury-free body to go training and uh, feeling peace in my mind, happy family, happy relationship, my dog, dog yo there, being in good form, health-free, uh, my job, my relationships, all these little things to be grateful of. And it just reprograms your mind to, to kind of focus on the things that are going well for you in life. So, yeah, that's me. Uh, that's me little tuppence worth about... Uh, yeah, focusing on positivity and trying to move away from the negative framework. And hopefully that analogy works for you to bowl stew. Uh, yeah, today's interview is with Fran Dempsey. Fran came on the show to talk to us about his son, Ryan, who uh, died by suicide. Uh, and this, to me, really epitomizes what we are as a podcast. This really nails a home for me. This really made me think about why we do what we do. We're a vehicle for, for, for the message. We are servants of uh, our community. We're here to, you know, deliver stories that have the power to inspire. You know, it's not about monetization. It's not about uh, uh, affirmations and popularity. It's to become a vehicle. It's to, it's become a, an avenue for people to come to, to, to hear someone's powerful story and be inspired or be helped in a time of need. And this interview hits it all, you know. Uh, his son died by suicide in 2013. And Frank came on and shared it with us and, and the struggles uh, that he's had around all that. You know, I won't get into it. It was a really difficult interview. And I used to find these really difficult years ago, even to have these conversations. Why? Because I didn't have the, the intellect around my feelings towards it, I tried to push all away, I drank my way through it. I didn't know how to handle it. You know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, but now I do. It doesn't make it any easier, but it's brilliant to be able to sit down and have a conversation with somebody like this. It, it, as I say, it is a difficult interview, and it was a difficult interview to prepare for and to sit through, you know, because it's emotional and it's talking about the death of a young man, an amazing young man. But we got through and hopefully we'll be able to serve other people in our community. And when I say in our community, I mean the Liberties, Dublin A, people that listen to the podcast, people that are going through struggles with mental health, uh, people struggles with their sexuality, anybody that, that's struggling, this is a powerful interview. Because like like a lot of the, the interviews that I've done, the, the 65 of them or the 60 so far, and some I didn't use too, I think, there's a common thread that goes through them all connection, uh, communication, empathy, 
kindness, love, gratuity, dignity, respect, you know, uh, and, and that comes out here, resilience, the strength of the human soul, I, I, I get blown away by the strength of the human soul, uh, when I listen to people like Fran's story and his family, when Fran was here, he's representing his wife, Michelle, representing his lads, uh, so he is the the representation of the family and it, it's fantastic it's it's just you, you will probably find it difficult to listen to but i promise you at the end of it you'll be delighted and you'll be you, you'll take away so much from it i think he says amazing about a hundred times in the interview i've not went i've not checked it but that's that's where he's at he's so grateful for what he has he's even though he lost his son there's still that resilience there's still that gratuity for life uh and his resilience and love, kindness for his family, for me, for, for the neighborhood, for the community, the work that people do. Oh, look, I was blown away by it. I was upset before, and you know, reading over the stuff, and then in it, it was difficult. But I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that I did it. I I'm, I'm really am, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do, and we did. Myself and Aaron were here, and we... Uh, we had chats after and we were both was all scratching the head going, Jenny Mac, that's unbelievable. It was fantastic. So although it's a, diff a difficult subject, there is some amazing messages and the human spirit uh, is, is fantastic. It's fantastic. As he says a lot, it's amazing and he's amazing. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's today's interview. As always, I'll thank Noel Royley from Rooney Graphics. Uh, need any graphic design uh, work done, check out, those guys, their, their contact details will be in our show notes, uh, Facebook, Instagram. They're on all those, Rooney Graphics Media, Rooney Media, Rooney Media Graphics. Doing amazing work. Check them out. Also, Shannon, Shannon Hopeline, uh, they're in my community. They're doing amazing work for mental health, suicide prevention. They will be at the end of all our podcast notes now. They will be, we're going to support those guys. Who better to do than? our charity in our own area i love the work of lisa and sandra the two smashing girls and then also the mental health warriors that fran is linked with and he'll talk to us uh, a little about a little bit about that in the interview and uh, so his details will be on the notes going forward as well and sorry i'm just fixing the laptop here uh his details are there his phone he said he'd give us our phone number so we'll throw that in uh, and me, if you want to get in contact with me, if there's something you want to ask, you know, I've had my struggles, if I can help along the way, absolutely I'll help. I'm not a trained professional. Uh, I do work in a hospital. I do know uh, the language around. I know how to help people, but I can also point you in the direction of professionals that Fran talks about here as well, and people I know and services I know. I won't rant them off now, but there are help out there. But one of the, the first things to do when you uh, are looking for help is put your hand up, raise the flag, say that you need help. Uh, it's as simple as that. And then start the conversation. And I promise you, it gets easier after that. Uh, and one thing we talk about in the interview is the things that you don't talk about are usually the things that trip you up the most. When you get them off your chest and you talk about them, it's hugely beneficial. And it's the start of something that could save your life or save somebody else's life. So. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Uh, as always, I'll ask you to mind yourself, be kind to yourself, because in, in that way, then you can be kind to the rest of the world. If you practice empathy and kindness to you, you will go forward and practice it more easily. 
with the rest of the world. Jamie, I'm actually getting a bit emotional even thinking about this interview. It's just in the back of my mind. Anything that surrounds it, just, it's emotional, but it's absolutely brilliant. And I applaud you. I really do. If you can sit through this interview or sit through it and then come back, fair play to you. Fair play to you. Please share with family and friends. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on uh, uh, YouTube. Right across the board. Give us a, a like. Share with family and friends. Give us your feedback. I, I really appreciate people getting on to me and telling me uh, how they're enjoying the show or the impact the show is having for them or stuff they do or don't like. All the feedback is great feedback. It helps us produce a great interview and uh, yeah so enjoy the show and mind your little self take care okay so we're live welcome back to the magic minds podcast i'm at Bork. on the show today i'm joined by a liberty's legend all sporty and uh summary fran dempsey what's the crack fran how you doing man nice to be nice to be here uh, i'm absolutely uh, you've been asking for a while and i've been putting her off and putting her off so i'm delighted to be here now and, and Coming on the show. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. delighted, as I say, you're a Because you're an outstanding version yourself. Give over, say, give honestly. over, give over. You're a very really? nice lad. Come here, I've asked uh, Fran to come on the show because he's going to share a story with us. His son Ryan passed away by suicide in 2014 mm-hmm. to tour in November. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to share that story with us uh, and how he and the family have walked through that and through the community and what that was like. And hopefully uh, people can get a lot of learning. And we can break down the barriers, the stigma, uh, and probably your story might help families that have gone through something similar because it's it's kind of rampant at the moment, isn't yeah. it? At the moment, this week alone in Ballyfermon, there's three suicides. No two, two in Tally. You know, so it's absolutely unbelievable. I was only told, I was in the post office actually just today, and the girl behind the counter only told me about a story that six weeks ago, a girl only had a baby at five months old. And she took her own life the day of our son, our brother's wedding. And then our mother, only two weeks ago, then took her own life. Jesus Christ. So it's so sad and it's, it's, it's horrific. It really is. It's, it's rampant out there. Yeah. People really don't realise it. And they don't realise what it's like until it actually hits their own doorstep. And I know people around the area and everywhere is hit by mental health, suicide in some way, shape, or form. They know whether their relatives are brothers and sisters or friends, I think everybody knows somebody at this stage now. That's how rampant it is, you know? It is, you know, we, we we only have to think about cancer and we can easily relate to people, someone, a family member, whatever. And it's the same for suicide, oh, it's the same for mental health. It's, we're all, we all have the same problems, oh. you know, we might try brush under the carpet, but we're all going through the same thing. Unfortunately, pain. that's the problem. People are brushing under the carpet and they're not, they're not talking about it. Yeah. You know, it, and it's more so the in in the older people in my our generation, for instance, we don't talk about things like that. We never brought we were brought weren't brought up to think to talk about mental health or anything like that, or suicide or anything like that, because it wasn't talked talked about mm. with us by family or friends or mother and father, or any skills, anything. Yeah, you know, like, we, it just wasn't talked spoke about. You know, I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know what self talk. I didn't know what was fucking. Uh, having this mental chatter and giving out about myself and being an internal terrorist. I never knew what those fucking yeah. things were. I didn't have the mm-hmm. intellect. I didn't have the, the vocabulary to what that was. I used to just, like a lot of people, I used to just drink my way through it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. My own father was, was um, in and out of St. Brendan's. He used to be going back 
years ago, mm. and he was given electric shock treatment. Fuck. And when we went up the top of the scene, he'd be standing in that hallway looking out the window, and he wouldn't even know you were there. Really? You know, it was that bad, like. Jesus he, Christ. He, he had it from the, the age of uh, 25. And, and it, all his life then, for the rest of his life, it was really, you know, with the results, Leon would have suffered because of mm. him, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's his fault. No There's way. no blame. You it know, just is. Can, it's just the way it was. And, and we suffered as, as kids, suffered, we seen how it affected my mother and, and, oh, it's, and it's, how it gener- it's generational yeah, on the you know media. they've got it beforehand and the ones got it before that so you can't blame anyone and there was it's no the help at all back then no not even now I mean the help there's no proper help now at the moment the government just don't want to know they're cutting the health mental health and they're cutting and cutting and cutting money all the time mm. and there's nothing the help is just not there for it's unbelievable. It I've seen on Facebook the weekend you were at the Pride Festival. Brilliant. The, we were honoured to act again to be honoured to uh, ask. That's, is that what you did? The mental health the warriors? The mental health warriors. I, I was at a meeting a few weeks ago with, with the, one of the organisers and um, everybody around just t- spoke their name and said why they were there and what they were involved in. And it was brilliant. He came over to me at the end of the day and at the end of the night and he said, look, I'm really interested in the mental health warriors. We'd love to have his march in Pride. A total honor, you know, Damn to represent mental health. health. I was never at a Pride. I had a, had a dog years ago, and, and we made he, him and his boyfriend yeah. brought me dog along, but that's about as near as I got to. Was it some crack? Was It looked like the it crack. It was amazing. Yeah? We went there. It was started at 1 o'clock, and we, we arrived at 12. And from 12 o'clock, the amount of photographs people took of us, the interest of, of mental health, in the in pride mm. people were just amazing you know and we got a few other people actually marched with us on the day when they seen their banner like they stood behind us and they walked with us all through the parade you know and it was amazing amazing Deadly. and it was like saint patrick's day the amount of people on the side of the road alone was it was yeah the atmosphere was crazy isn't it isn't it fantastic though that they're at the they're bringing this in now pride right but they're also bringing the mental health in it because i talked to dr carl nefter a while ago and there's a, a young lad that listens to the podcast mm. Connor. uh that's a huge part of you know sexuality mental course, health lgbtq of course, of course. just like any demographics in exactly. Ireland. but it's lovely now that, that they're bringing it together it's amazing that's amazing it's and so it, like inclusive of course and it's not all mental health is not all doom and gloom you know people not. people think mental health doom and gloom don't want to know and and that's the stigma around it unfortunately mm. you know we can make it you know we can hype it up and have kids not thinking that way if you if you if you're if you're sick if you have mental health issues it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom mm. we can help there's help out there you have the likes of the two sisters you, i know you you, you interviewed shannon Mm. Shannon's Hopeline and, and Sandra and Lisa oh, amazing people what a great resource to have in the community to, to have this in Dublin A mm. it's unbelievable I'm really proud oh proud is not it, it doesn't it doesn't even come close Definitely. amazing people yeah. amazing people and they're doing so much work and helping so much young kids in this area mm. people re- have to realise that they need to be supported they need to support them yeah. all the way through you know, there's, there's people there's people running functions and different things like that for them. People need to be put the money into them because they don't get government yeah, yeah, and yeah. they need the help of this community. And this community is brilliant for that. Yeah. They always have been. 
always have been. It is and, a great community for they that. Need it. They need it. Well, they're, you know, I, I said it to Lisa, would she mind that we put them on the end of our podcast uh, as as support? So where every podcast we put course. out will always be, we're going to sponsor them or they're going to sponsor us. We're just walking. Because I'm always saying, what charity would I like to get involved in? Jesus, charity begins at home. They're just around the corner, exactly. you know. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, hopefully people get involved. Yeah. Uh, again, not just around mental health and raising awareness. I really wanted to share the story with you about Ryan. Uh, you know, I love the fact that you look on him as a superhero and a superhero angel. And, and I hope that I hope we do it justice. Look at the shorts I have on today. Ah, very not only for you, but I just wear them. Ah. I wear his t-shirts. All his superhero t-shirts. Yeah. I still wear them to this day. You know, and it's just, just my, it's just the thing I do. Deadly. And it makes me feel, you know. Connection. You know. I was having a chat with, I was having a chat with uh, Dr. Karen there, there a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about death and perception. And, you know, and we are talking about death. Does the person really die? The physical part died, you, they're gone, you buried them. But their soul and their presence live within your heart. Of course it does. And that's like what you're doing. Now, you still feel connected to the person. So he could be in Australia, but he's still in your heart. You yeah, still yeah. tangibly feel him. And I, I was listening to an interview that you did and you were saying when he, he came out, and we'll get to that in a second, that you, you remember him still hugging you. And that, I was only talking about that yesterday. And really, that's real. Like, that's of course it is. That's real. And before Ryan passed away and before all this happened to me, and my family, like our family, if someone told me that, I'd say, look, you know, I don't believe that. Like, you know, I don't believe in spirits or, or anything like that. But as I said earlier on, I think you have to experience something like that to feel something like that. You know, you, um, and it's real. As you said, it is real. When Ryan came out, the day Ryan came out to us, mm. he came out of the bedroom and he, he said, I have something to tell you. He was actually telling Michelle Force. And mm. Michelle's my wife, by the way. And uh, uh, he came out of the bedroom and he, he was... He, didn't know which way I was going to take it, you know. And look, he's my son, gay or not. He ha- once he's happy, you know. I don't care whether he, yeah, no yeah. matter what. And he, but he was the lawyer. I said, Ryan, I know. He said, I have something to tell you. I said, Ryan, I already know. And he went. He was taken back. I said, I don't mind. Nobody minds in this house. You're part of our family. You're our son. You have three brothers. Love you. We love you. No matter what. You know, and one of his one of his things was that he he was actually uh, um, afraid then afterwards the way he which way his brothers would take it, dressed stripping off, stripping off in the bedroom. You know the way the, you, know, oh, you know. Of course. And he was he was he was kind of he asked his brothers that, and yeah. his brothers said, "Will you stop that?" that? That's a difficult you know? conversation to have, and some people don't have them. No, they don't. No. And as I was talking to someone before about this, is it easier for males or females to come out? And I know. If you come out as a male, lads, and you're playing on a football team or in a job, males be thinking, oh, look at your man looking at me, me in the jacks, you're going yeah. to piss around with that. So it is kind of difficult, yeah. that kind of that, uh, mentality. Of but course. It's, it's, it's deadly that he had that conversation with his brothers. Of course. It was brilliant, you know. And, and look, I'll tell you what Ryan used to do. Ryan started this in our family as a family night, nearly every Tuesday. And we turn off all the phones. And we'd all sit in, and me and Michelle would ask them, like, how school, anything going on in school, are you being bullied or anything like that? We'd sit down, talk, have a chat, and let them, if they have a problem, let them talk to us about it. That's savage right? communication. And it was, it was, it was amazing. And I'm sure there's other people out there, but I don't think it happens enough, to be honest no, with you. No, definitely it not. Really, it really does, it doesn't. 
But we used to have these chats, and then we'd have popcorn, we'd have all the goodies, and then we'd watch a film. Mostly superhero films, <laughs> you know, because of Ryan. But this is what Ryan was all about. He loved his family. He loved family. He was amazing with his, 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 his uh, grandmother and his grandfather, Bernard and Mary. You know, he was amazing. They loved him. They loved him. And they're still very hard over him now. You know, they did. Mm. even when he came out, like, they didn't care. Nobody cared. You know, no. once he was happy, that was it. it, it and the, as, as you were saying about the hug, when he gave me that hug that day, he hugged me for about five to ten minutes, honestly. Oh, you had a visual of that. When no, I no. read that and the way you said it, because I could tangibly feel mm-hmm. that. I was like, fuck, that's lovely. But I, don't, I didn't, I wasn't surprised because I know you a long time and I know the type of family you have mm. and the, the lads. It didn't surprise me. I was thinking, that's fucking lovely that you still have that memory. Yeah, of course. Of in course. your heart. It's, it's And savage. as I said, you still feel it. I can, you know, and it's weird. You can actually feel that. Yeah. That tightness yeah, around yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of what, oh, you know. Oh, Really, it was amazing. You mm. know, and I never forget, I never want to forget it, you know. I never want to forget it. I'd always want to need it and have it. Where, at what point then did you, did you see a change in him? Okay. Uh, Ryan, it was about three, maybe three and a half years before Ryan passed away. He came out and told us he was, he was gay. Anyway. And he, he <sighs> About his, the, the last two years of his life, he got into a relationship and it wasn't a good relationship. Okay. Okay. Um, the lad he was with wasn't wasn't a nice person, and that was going on and on. And it was at this at this more or less at the start of that relationship that we we saw a difference in Ryan, and um, the the guy let him down a few times. And Ryan came in one day and went into the bedroom, and it was the first time he tried to, to die by suicide. I never say commit suicide because I don't like that that word is, is yeah. because as far as I'm concerned, he didn't commit anything. Yeah, he died by it's, suicide. It's back to you when know, it was, back it was to a when, criminal. When was, yeah, it was going back to the, the church. Yeah. That's what they, you know, but I, I thank God it's changing. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, one time... Died you, by suicide. If you die by... If you commit suicide in that day, in the day, um, they wouldn't even allow it in the church. For instance, there's a plaque on at the Tree of Hope at the bench yeah. of a man and... I, I can't even remember his name now, but anyway, he died in 1965 by suicide, mm. right? And uh, it's on the bench, if you, if you go over, you can have a look. And he wasn't allowed in the church at that time, you know? So that's, that's it's, and thank God it's changing, mm. you know, and it has changed, and it's a good thing. Yeah, but anyway, Ryan, Ryan, the first time he, he, um, he tried to die by suicide, he took tablets, and then um, he stepped, we seen him, he came out of the bedroom, and he said, I might have taken a lot of tablets. And then, okay, right. We, what I done was I put, gave him water, mm. drank, made him drink a lot of water, and he, salt water, actually. And he got physically sick. Right. And we took him to the hospital. Wow. We went up into the hospital, um, and they put you, there's two rooms in the A&E, mm. where they put people that suffer with mental health, that go in and complain about mental health. And they put them into these two rooms. And they're like cells. Seriously, like cells, it's just it's a disgrace. They left there for maybe, for my experience, the first time Ryan went up, it was eight hours before somebody came down to see him, and so it was just a disgrace. But anyway, they seen him, they gave him tablets and sent him home. They talked to me, they talked to Ryan, and because Ryan was over eighteen years of age, it was they had whatever he said. If if we said to them. We want Ryan to stay here in the hospital. And Ryan said, no, 
Well, then they mm. send Ryan home. Yeah, because family don't, home. next to kin don't have a leg they to don't, stand on. Of course, of course. You know, but um, anyway, they sent him home anyway, and that was grand. And he was kind of okay after that. But you, you could see in, in his eyes that he wasn't, you know, you, you could tell. So he used to sit down and talk to him as much as possible and, and try and get something out of him the way he was feeling. But he, he was the type that he never wanted to worry. You know, he just, he didn't. And he, I, I remember one time when he, he, he was having a bad bad issue with, with his partner. And he came in, he says, Dad, he said, all I want is a relationship like you and my man has. Now, that was lovely to hear. But you could feel the pain and you could see the pain in his eyes, you know. But then the second time, then again, down to the partner again, and then he, Ryan never drank, he never smoked. Like myself, I don't, I never drank or smoked. Yeah. And then um, he came in, oh, he was at the boy in the bottle of vodka, and he lay himself across the Lewis line. And lucky enough, this man was walking by and dragged him away before before the Lewis came, you know? Yeah. So again, we took him up to the A&E. We were there again, maybe eight to 12 hours before we seen anybody. Same thing, someone comes down, talks to Ryan, tablets sent home. Toward time, he, uh, I found him hanging in the bedroom. You know, I'm sorry if I'm going to get upset. It's okay, oh Jesus. Um, and it's, look, it took me a long time to go into the bedroom, but it's a, it's, it's a horrible vision to have yeah. of, of your son. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. So we come down and then um, brought him. He wasn't kind of breathing, he was struggling, so kept him melt him out and, you know, brought him back to life, more or less brought him back to life. Um, got an ambulance, brought him to the A&E and again put into this room. And again, eight, eight, 12 hours later, he sent him home after him trying to hang himself. So that's, that'll tell you how bad it is up, in, up up there you know in the hospital what did you what did you need what did he need as a family what what what's, what did you need at that point what were you screaming for we were on a 24 hour watch right? right we were taking turns one night michelle myself sometimes the lads the better went walking or whatever you know so we were thinking we had to you were actually we physically doing it ourselves watching 24 7 uh, especially and then that was on a friday and then on the Saturday, when he came home, on the, he came home then, he sent us home. And then on the Saturday evening, Michelle was lucky enough walking past our bedroom with the door open. And he was jumping out the window. Jesus Christ. He was jumping out the window. Look, this is a cry for, he didn't want to be here. He just did not want to be here. He was serious. He was seriously, like, no matter, you know, I, I think no matter where he would have been, he'd have tried it anyway, you know. Mm, mm. And, and, and uh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it for to go to to the A and E and try and tell somebody about this, tell a counselor or whatever, whoever they were that came down to see us. As I said, because Ryan was over eighteen, they just didn't listen to us. We were explaining to him around the twenty-four hour watch. How come there's he, no sections? We they wouldn't do it because Why? Ryan didn't want it. But could he not against his will? Can they no. not? Can they not? Like, no. The hell we this got, behavior. How we got him in while we brought him up to our own doctor, Latham. Yeah. Up in, up in just off Meat Street there. Mm. And straight away, Dr. Latham seen him. And he said, I'm going to sign him in. Yeah, okay. He said, we need He said we need to get him in. Yeah. So, signed the forms, brought him up to, to um, the Hospital 6. Um, I can't even remember. The, the Jonathan Swift, what it's called. Um, brought him up. 
when we got there, the, the doctor that he was under for the mental health was a doctor, Dr. Cummish. He was actually annoyed at us that we went to our own GP and our own GP recommended that he, because when we got there, God help the, the girls, we were in, in, in the, um, just outside the ward and, and, and in the corridor and there's a poor girl going around just with a towel around her and going around saying, oh, if she's seeing any man at all, she said, oh, he wants sex with me, he wants sex with me. And horrible mm. to see a lovely looking girl and mm. her mind was gone like that. Really horrible. Mm. And I turned around to Michelle, Michelle, I'll tell you this. And I said, Michelle, are we doing the right thing? You know, looking at this, you know, and, and he, that doctor turned around and says, well, you either want to be, if you want them here, you don't want them here. If you want them here, we'll take, we'll take them in. Make your mind up. And that's the aggression he had in his, in his, in his voice. Oh, this is the, this is what people have to put up with, 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 with the healthcare. The healthcare system. It, it's crazy. Stuff. Yeah, it really it's crazy people down, doesn't it? And then, then the, the, the last time then, he, he, again, he was having an issue with his, with his boyfriend. It was Halloween night. The 21st of October, and uh, oh, yeah, it was October, 21st of October. And then um, he came in and said, Look, I need to, I need to go back. He, he spent a month, he spent a month actually in, in the Jonathan Swift ward. And we thought when he came out, he was okay, he was okay, you know, like more or less. Like we, we were still watching him, we were still, but then we say that was in the end of July, June, yeah, June, the end of June. And then October, then he came into us and said, I, I can't be here. He said, I need to go and get, I need to sign myself in again. He said, I can't. Right. You know, he said, and you thought he was stable at this stage? We did talk, you? When we heard that, we said, isn't it, myself Michelle was talking, it's great that he actually wants to do this. Okay. You know, because before that, he didn't. Was he on any meds? Was he on antidepressants? No, not really. He was right. on like a, a light, a light, a mood, mood stable, if you like. Okay. Well, not, not, nothing heavy, okay. you know? Um, Why did they not put him on that? Why did they not prescribe that's, him? With... That's the thing. That's the thing. You don't know. Again, when we, we went up to see this doctor come and we asked him, and he said, I cannot tell you anything. And I'm not going to tell you anything. Because Ryan is over 18. He's not giving consent. He and we were saying, look, we need we need this. We need it as a family. This is, this is our son we're talking about. We need help here. We need your cooperation. And it just didn't do it. Just, just, it just wasn't there. It was just crazy stuff. You might as well be talking to the wall. Jeez, that must be seriously frustrating. That's like your worst nightmare. Like crazy. That, talk about how uncon- un- in uncontrolled you are. Like, you've no control yeah. over And he's your son. Okay, he's 18, but he'll always be your son. And yeah, yeah. Michelle's son. And you, you can't even help him. And they can't. There's nothing there out there. There has to be a legislation. There has to. There must, there has to change. It has, has to, to change. change. That's fucking Really, nice. it has to change. You know, but as I said, the, the Halloween night then he came, it's 2014 and he came up and he said, right. so we took him up, took him up to the, um, the A&E. We told him there that, this is about half five in the evening. We told him there that he needs, to, he wants to be signed in. So in fairness, they did, they took him in, but we didn't, we were in these rooms till half 10 that night at the back of the A&E. Mm. So we brought him up, Michelle, she was really upset with me. And, uh, and, and, she left the hospital anyway, and um, I stayed there till half ten. Brought they brought us up to the room. They put him into a room on his own, and known his history of trying to die by suicide five times before that. They put him into a room on his own, 
and he was he was supposed to be on a fifteen minute watch, right? And that was a half ten on the Friday. Uh, half two the next day, quarter to three, we got a phone call to say that Brian, Brian was at the trying to die by suicide. And again, we didn't really take it as serious as it was because he was at the trying five right. times already, and it didn't kind of. Didn't Michelle was saying, "I'm going to kill him when I go up here." You know, yeah, you know, yeah, you, know, you, know yeah. you know, and and I said, look, just just relax, take it easy, just we talk to him when we go up. So when we went up, he was in the intensive care. He was he was brain dead. He told us, you know, um, and we were saying like, how did this happen? Why did it happen? Was he not being watched? But it turned out then when we got to the we got to the uh, the coroner's court. That they lied about the, the the guy that was supposed to watch him every fifteen minutes told us in the coroner's court that no he wasn't. Sometimes they wouldn't see him for forty minutes. Sometimes they wouldn't see him for an hour. Why? Because they said that there was the staff. They hadn't got the staff. It was on a Saturday as well. It was on the weekend as well. And so they hadn't I'll got be the grand staff. to be grand. Exactly. Be grand. Exactly. Not only that. Not only that. This is how bad these people are. They're lying about someone's life like this. It's just crazy stuff. There was a note supposed to be an observation sheet outside, yeah, right? And it signed every every fifth. Supposedly signed every fifteen minutes. So was there no cameras on the, the corridor? They told, there was, but they told us they weren't on. Ah, for fuck's sake! Right. And this observation sheet was signed when we got to the coroner's court. They, they put it up on a screen, so you see it signed every fifteen minutes, and the same signature was just a squiggle. Hmm. Not no no letters. Just a squiggle, yeah. right? And a uh, uh, barrister asked the guy, is that your signature? He said, no. It's not my signature. Whose was it? He said it was the night staff. So the barrister said, is the night staff actually signed your signature and said you were in with Ryan every 15 minutes, even though you weren't? And he said, oh, oh no, no. And he kept looking over at the people that he was with, like the, 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 from the HSE. But what they put him there, it was like a, a lamb to the slaughter. Really, that's unreal. So this is this is not right. It's all it's all, I have I have all the documents at home. Everything I I never yeah, get rid of them. I always have them. Yeah. And he said no. He said, well, the first two signatures are not mine, but the rest are. Wow. Right. So then he said, what time? What time did you start at that Saturday morning? And the young man says eight o'clock. Well, he said, what time did you, did you see Ryan at half eight? But he says, how come you have a sign at eight o'clock and a quarter past eight if you didn't see until half eight? Why would you do that? He's a spoof for Annabelle Mary. Of course. And he was, they were caught out so many times. He was hung out to dry. Of course he was. Of course he was. And I actually felt sorry for him. Yeah. Honestly, man, I did. I felt sorry for him. That's fucking fair play to you. You know, I really did. Because he was looking. He didn't know what to say, you know. But that, that's what happened with Ryan. And, and, and they, they brought us up totally to his brain dead. Um, we kept him for three days, hoping that something some life would come, you know. Mm. And um, yeah, we had to let him go again. Yeah. We had to yeah. let him go. I read a lovely story that uh, his heart went to a, a man <laughs> and his kidneys went to somebody. His heart and his kidneys and, and his lungs. Yeah. And he, he always wanted that from a young age. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. Why I, I don't know. Why I don't know. Why I don't know. He always spoke about it. He seems, so, he seems like an amazingly selfless person. Yeah, he was. Like, worried about Jews, worried honestly, about humanity. You want to see, honestly. He always said, from an early age, he said, this world isn't for me. This is, a, this is not a nice world. Honestly, that's what he always said, you know. It's not a nice world to be living in, you know. Yeah. 
and this and he, he was always like that. He was so he wasn't for this world, really. I I, I firmly believe now that he was too good for this world, you know, because he if he seen wrong, you know, the the rap for instance on the news and people being bombed to death, and he used it, it really impact. It really him. hurt him, you know. It really hurt him. Did you get an email? You know, Did you get a letter or something from the man that got the We got a letter from the man. That, yeah, lovely. We got a letter from the man. You know, he was six, 76. And at first, we were saying, why did they give this to a, an elderly man? Why not give it to a young man? Mm. And then when we thought about it, well, this man could have, he had grandchildren. Mm. So, and, 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 and kids, obviously, and his wife. So he Ryan gave him a lot more years to live with his family, you know? Mm. Like when we kind of talk about it, it was nice that a 76-year-old man, because it's, it's a young age at this, this day and age. 10, really. 15 years. He pro- you know, he probably will, and he's still alive to this day, you know? Oh, did you ever meet him? Unfortunately, they, 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 they say we can't. Okay. okay. We'd love to. But you made contact. But, you made, you got well, he, he gave us a letter, and then the guy that received his kidneys, um, he had a baby a year after. You know, and his wife, we got a letter from his wife as well, and she was so grateful. Oh, man, it that's was, amazing. He really is a superhero. Of course he did, you know. He did. Um, Deadly. Yeah, he was, it was brilliant. And, you know, we have a, we have all these stuff in it, like a folder, you know, all the letters and, and, and different things like that, you know. What, and, what supports did you did you receive after the, the event? You know, HSE, community, did, did you receive any? Okay, like, myself. did you just get on? See, I, I kept asking question after question after question. Yes. I never stopped asking questions. How did this happen? Why did it let it happen? Why lie about it? Mm. You know, it's a, it's a human being you're talking about. You know, it's, you know even, even to deal with it with dog, a vet deal, you know, it, mm. to deal with any, any living creature, it doesn't make sense, you know. And, and, and I had meetings with all, the, all these hierarchy people in, in, in the HSE. And once I was there, one time I had a meeting, there was one guy and he actually laughed into my face. He laughed into my face. Seriously. After I passed away and I was I was asking a question. You know, Senator Moira Devine, for instance, she's a she's a um a psychiatric nurse, right? Mm-hmm. And she gave me a few questions to ask. She put me onto the, the, the observation sheet because I didn't realise about that. Mm-hmm. And she told me about the, the, the observation sheet. Wow. And when I went up to ask, they told me they, there was none. And yet, when the coroner when the coroner's court came along, all of a sudden the the observation sheet was there, you know. But yeah, I mean, they they, they didn't care. What did your man laugh in your face for? Oh, you know, asking questions like uh, a guy called Oliver. I don't want. I'm not going to tell you. I won't tell you something. Yeah. Um, a guy called Oliver. I had no to meet with this fellow, and he seemed to be genuine enough. Okay. But then this this. He was with all these hierarchy, all these, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and he was trying to be smart and, and, and you know, he just didn't want to know, yeah. you know. But before that, when he wasn't with them, he was so genuine and he was, well, I thought he was genuine and he was so sympathetic and all yeah, this yeah, type yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But then this particular meeting, whatever, he just he just laughed into your face. I said, what's wrong? Why are you, why are you doing that? What's wrong? He didn't even answer me. What Couldn't a, even answer. What a horrible you know? bastard. Yeah, yeah. You know. Jesus Christ. So that's what that's what we're living with today. That's what's running the place. That's what's running that's from the system. Yeah, exactly. And there's did no one to answer to. Did nobody to answer to. Just gets pushed on. Of course. Around of course. back around, up, down. I wrote to all the political parties before the last election. I wrote to all of them. 
and ask them questions of what are they doing about mental health, what are they doing about suicide, what are they going to do to help the young kids in, 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 in Ireland. Nobody, apart from Sinn Féin, mm. nobody. They were the only ones that got in contact with me. Really? They were the only ones. And ever since then, they're the only ones that Mary Lou McDonald actually brought Brian's story up in the doll. Yeah, I read that. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah, you I know, really liked that Fair piece. play, fair play, Joy, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, they were the only ones. And still to this day, they're the only ones still helping me in what I want to do. Yeah. You know. So do you still, do you think it's, oh no, I have a huge issue with this, the stigma around mental health, stigma around suicide. Do you still think there's a stigma involved? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like it's across the board, mental health, disabilities. People don't want people with disabilities in their family. They don't want someone with homosexuality. They don't mental health. We brush under the carpet yeah. because we don't want the neighbours to know about because we're not perfect. We're not the perfect family. Unfortunately. Do I, you still feel that? Of course. I, I, and I get, I get that a lot. I get, I get a lot of phone calls um, with people wanting help. With people wanting help because they can't get the proper help. They ring the likes of Pieta House, for instance, and, I, and I'm not down in Pieta House, don't get me wrong. Mm. They've done amazing work, right? But if you ring them up now, they tell you there's a waiting list for six weeks. And that's not good enough. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying it's their fault, yeah. you know, but it, it's, it, just, not good it's just not good enough to, to leave someone in crisis. If you ring them up and say, I, I feel like dying by suicide, I feel like they don't want myself, I will bring it in and assess you in maybe three weeks' time, and you mightn't see a counsellor for another three weeks. So that is not... When it comes to mental health and suicidal thoughts, that's years. You always be talking fucking centuries. Of course. Hours and days and minutes are fucking vital. Exactly. Seconds. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And and that's not good enough. And and the reason why I kind of got in contact with all these, for me, is is to help people like that. People ring me up and say, Look, my son is having a bit. I'll go out to see them, and I'll talk to the, the whoever it was the daughter or the, the husband or wife or whoever it is. I'll go out and I'll talk to them. And if, if, I'm not a professional, yeah. but I know from experience, lived life experience, experience yeah. I've lived through it. I know what it's like. Yeah. And I can, I, I, and if, if I, and if they need professional help, I, I go and get them professional help. Mm. And they're not waiting weeks. I'm talking about maybe two days, maybe, and even that's could be too late. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. better than oh, yeah. the rest. It gives family, uh, gives family hope, doesn't it? Of course it does. Did you feel? Did you feel that after passing the line? Did you feel that stigma? Did you feel judged? Did it? Did, did it hang over you? Um, sometimes some people that you talk to, and even friends, don't get me wrong, even friends like they kind of they pull away. If you know what I mean. Oh, no, true. not intentionally. No, that's a fact. They don't know what to know, do with it. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know. How to, how to talk to you, they don't know the questions to ask you, or, you know, they don't, and, and it's not their fault. And now, but, I mean, it's five years now, and it'll be five years in November since we're yeah. today. And it's all good now, it's, when I say it's all good, it's never going to be, no. life is never the same when something like that happens, you lose a child, through anything now, I mean, mind suicide, you lose a child. When my mother died, I thought the whole world was ending, yeah. honestly. But when Ryan passed away, our own child passes away, it doesn't compare. Yeah. Like you, you, you feel a failure. You feel that you could have done something. To it. Yeah. I do, and I still do, and I still ask questions. I still ask myself questions. I see a counselor every week. Oh, brilliant! You know, I see brilliant. a counselor every week. I tried to die by suicide three times since Ryan passed away. 
you know, I did. And and, and three times. Yeah, I did okay. three times. And and I'm ashamed because I know what the devastation it leaves behind. Because the devastation suicide leaves behind, it's you just can't compare it to anything else. I I I'm I'm sorry that you you think I'm sorry that you feel shame. I, I don't think, I do feel you shouldn't feel shame. You, I can't tell you how you feel. I, the mind works in crazy ways. The mind is so out for itself to protect itself, to stop you from pain, that it will go through killing yourself. I understand. I wanted to die by suicide years ago and people couldn't get their head around it. Hmm. All you want to do is to stop that pain. That's you know, you don't really want to die. You know, it's, it's stopping that pain, the same as Ryan, you know, and some people just don't get that. Unfortunately, unfortunately not. Um, like for two years, the, the first two years after Ryan passed away, I was a nightmare to live with man. And that's understandable. You know, that's I mean, understandable. everyone, Michelle was grieving in her own way, and she's a mother, and she's probably grieving ten times worse than I am, as a fact. You know, mothers, are, the connection she had with Ryan, amazing. Yeah. But I, I just could not help myself. I, I was in the house, and you only have to say anything. And I'd snap mm. for no particular reason. I made I made my family's life a hell for the first two years since Ryan passed away. Mm. You know, and, and and again, I can never forgive myself for that. You, you know, didn't, you didn't have the language, the support, the education. You were lacking all that for years. You, this was thrown upon you. I'm not making excuses. No, 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 I'm just trying no. to understand. That's fucking. That's pretty you know, normal. I get that. I get that. But now, thank God, um, I went for help. I got it, and I, I'm with an amazing counselor. Mm. Um, and she's I've seen six counsellors before this is a true Scott I've seen six counsellors before I, I actually you've got that therapeutic report this girl is yeah. just amazing same as myself I go to the same one the last six seven years now yeah. and I've been to a few and I just didn't get that connection that's right that's right and when you have it then it's just like fuck exactly. this is what it is exactly you know and she's amazing and, and thank God I, I take medication every morning and without that I, I don't know where I'd be today mm. without the help that I'm getting now and the help of my family because my three boys and, 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 and Michelle, amazing how they stuck those first two years. Like, I mean, you it, know, like when it happened, I was really fucking shocked like the whole neighborhood, the, the whole community. And especially, and I'm not just saying because you're sitting there, I've known you a long time. I've never met a nicer, more it's genuine family. Like, honestly, you've been really nice and young Fran in the. Uh, in the fountain, mm. and then my son, the it just shows it can fucking happen to anyone. Mm. Lovely, like I've never heard you actually say a bad word about anyone. I've it's never heard you slagging anyone in the pub. Yeah. You're always friendly to me, so it just goes to show. You know what I mean? It can happen to anyone, could, and I can't be judgment in it. Exactly, I get that. I get that. But I'm the, the unfortunate part about it is, I, 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 my kids are unbelievable. I think everybody kids. A hundred percent. But no, but you do have. I, I have a great family. I do, and, and and like you said, I've I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about them. They all, you know, they, and it's amazing to hear. Mm. It really is. It's and such, that's genuine. It's and I know that, and I know that, and it's such an amazing thing to hear. Yeah. You know? But um, it, it it still doesn't stop you feeling guilt. You know, it's still and and anyone out there that that, that thinks that if if it happens to them or it happens to a part of the family. And they're feeling guilt. It's okay to feel guilt. It is. It's okay. They're only feeling something. You know, it's only it's part of the process. It's part of the healing process. 100%. You know, it really is. And I got through it, and if I can get through the, 
that anyone can because as I said I was a nightmare and I, I, I just can't I, I can't say sorry enough to my family for what I put them through after Ryan passing away and, and then for me and I just couldn't I just couldn't help that man I couldn't even though I knew that it was happening and I, I, I felt so guilty afterwards I still could not help myself it was just I don't know what it was I just couldn't help it and, and unfortunately and I put my family through that but they were still together yeah. I, and I'm and, and what you know what as strong as ever myself and Michelle even was so strong we talk about things all the time everything we just you know back to the basics what you course, used to do of course you know and that's the way that's the way because I've seen families unfortunately with have sons or daughters dying by suicide and the families are broke up you don't know how to handle oh yeah you know they fall apart they fall apart the nephew died by suicide going back about 10 years ago and unfortunately his family kind of just fell asunder now they're okay now but they're not the same you know but they did, they fell asunder and they fell apart and the brother and his wife broke up and all this, you know. And, and, it's and, really sad, isn't it? And I was determined. I, even I said to Michelle, I said, I'm not letting this happen to me. It's not going to happen to our family. No way is it going to happen. So we, we sat down after after my stupid, well, not stupidity, but more or less a breakdown. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly probably what it was, you know. And, and, and we sat down and, and, and we, said, we said, look, we need to stop this. We need to get ourselves back. We need to half the family that we used to be is would be enough, you know, because you need you talking is everything. Oh, talking is everything. Because hell. if you don't talk and if you let him just slide and not talk with him, it's going to wreck your family. It's all it's the unsaid stuff. Of course. And that fucking rots away. Of course. It? it eats you. It eats you up, you know. So and you guys communicate He's come together. You go to counselling. That's how you keep yourself of course, safe. Of course, I mean, me and the three boys on the last night we went to see Super, a spoiler man. Right. <laughs> and we do that because Ryan was always, as you know, he was always a superhero yeah. movies. And, and he has a fantastic collection of movies. Thousands of bloody videos he has. You know, we still have them. You know, and, and, and figures, Superman figures. And, and we have a little shrine to him. My, my, my son, Matt, has it in his bedroom. And it's big tea, I call it. Big tea, big tasty. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's his it's name, man. Big tasty. You know, just to give the shout, young Fran, Deco, and big and, tea. Yeah, yeah, absolute legends. And and two two branded kids, Frankie yeah. and Xander. Yeah, they're lovely. They're lovely. They're great. They kept us going. Yeah. They kept us going as well. You know, they really did. But yeah, I mean, talking is everything, man. People need to communicate. People need to talk. Tell tell your partner how you feel. Tell your sons, your daughters how you feel. And let them tell you. Listen and listen to what they're saying. Great show. You know, listen to what they're saying, and and, and try and be more sympathetic to each other, to each other's feelings, because you need it. You need anyone to suffer with mental health. It, it's a sickness, no matter what. It, it you know, it's, break that stigma within the family, because it all starts there. Mm-hmm. And once you break that stigma within the family, and everybody is on board, then you can you can you can fight anything. You can yeah. fight anybody. You can fight. The war, then you can say, okay, my son is, has mental health, my daughter, my wife, my husband has mental health. So what? He's sick. We're going to do something about it. That's what it fucking is. You know, and that's all it needs. It's a sign of disability. Of course it is. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, you, ha- you have to be brave. you got to show your vulnerability, and you do it in your own home, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
and that's where it starts, you know. And, and, and that in itself is about being kind to yourself. Of course, of you know, course. What you're talking about is really the first step to looking after exactly, yourself. Exactly. What do you think we need as a community to to keep our loved ones, keep our our, our kids safe? What do we need? I I called the meeting Matt uh, about two years ago in the church, in the parish church, in the Meetry Church. Thank God the Father and I know me the church that evening. And nearly 500 people turned up to that meeting. And it was about mental health, it was about suicide. Because back then, there was a lot of suicides in the area. Yeah. And, and not all over the place. But um, 500 people turned up. And we had an amazing talk. You know, we had an amazing talk with, with people. People standing up and saying, Moist, I suffer with mental health. Because one of the questions I did ask, I said, if you still want to put your hand up, don't, because I, I understand. I said, who here either suffers with, med- with mental health or knows somebody close to you that suffers with mental health? Fucking my hand, yeah, You know, then nearly, uh, nearly the whole church, yeah. you know. And it was amazing to, to get that sense of community. Yeah, I love and it. This, this, this Liberties is an amazing place. People that live, I think some people in it don't realise how good we have it here I love it with the people the people are amazing mm. when 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 you you have a problem when you when you're in need you know people come together and and they make it when Ryan passed away I just I knew we had a great community but when Ryan passed away I just could not believe the amount of people honestly and genuinely genuinely you know mm. yeah, I'm sorry I don't mean yeah you know Genuine people, people that probably wouldn't talk to you, say loud to you in the street, but they wouldn't really talk to you if you know what I mean. Yeah. You'd know them probably either like, but you wouldn't. Yeah. These people come up to you and give you a hug and, 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 and say that sorry and the anything that you want and really mean it. And that's that's the that's the community we're living in. Yeah. It's an amazing and we need to, we all need to step up, especially with this, especially with suicide now. We need to we need to step up. And we need to all get together now. And we need to fight and fight these this government because this government doesn't give a damn. We we have councils in this area that are really good people. Really good people. Mm. And and the Korean I don't want to name the names, but Karina Dalek, for instance, amazing woman. She's a council in this area and she's an amazing woman. And and she's helped so many people, and especially with mental health. She's all for this, you know, and and we need to we need to talk to these people and help these people push our problems onto the government. We need this. We we need to all get together. That one meeting that I had was amazing. We need more of those meetings, and we need we need to be marching on these government buildings, and we need to tell these people if you don't, you're not getting in the next time. It's as simple as that. And I don't understand people vote for these people again. Mm. None, none of the problems that it, I mean, there's, there's, there's a rule for one and there's another rule for others. Mm. And they keep, they keep the poor down here and the rich up here. Mm. And that's the way it is. And it's always been. And it still is. They try to say, oh, we're changing it. It's not changing. It's not changing. It's actually getting worse. Yeah. You see, you know, it's crazy stuff. And they're pulling back with the money. Of they're course. Back, as we talked earlier, the funding. They're taking funding from mental health. Funding from mental health. Funding, funding from, from disabilities. disabilities. Everything, you know, people that really genuinely need it, they're pulling it away. Mm. And that they're, they're able to come up with 10 million to bring Donald, Donald Trump over, over to this country. Out of the blue, you know, that's what it costs for him to come over to this country. 10 million, you know, okay. crazy stuff. 
and they're able to do How that. How far would that have went to mental of health? Of course, and anything, disability, as you said, yeah. you know, anything. You have the Special Olympics, which is an amazing thing for, for, for people with disability, and they don't get enough, they don't get enough help. They don't, they really don't. And, and going back to the Pride, the, the Pride, Pride you know, on Saturday, mm. we were behind, we were in front of the travelling community. Beautiful, beautiful people, talking to them. And it's so rampant that suicide in the travel community is huge. so rampant. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. And one of, we were talking to one of the girls and she was saying um, being gay in the travel community is, is, oh, it's a major thing. Yeah. But it's not so bad for the men. No, the women. It's the women. I interviewed Eileen uh, Flynn. I yeah. Mean, I interviewed her up in uh, Lambert Park and she said she only knew of one or two women in the travel community that have come out. Right. So you then think of that, and then you add mental health to that, oh, and then all the other stuff that's labelled upon people yeah, yeah. Uh, from the travel community. How difficult. And already society deems them as bottom of the barrel. Which is unfortunate. And there's some lovely people. There is, that is I mean, let's face it. In our area, for instance, there's more trouble in our area with, with, with kids not having nothing to deal with that, into drugs, that into this, that, that threatening other kids that owe them money, that's mm. beating them up, that doing this, that, and the other. There's more of that in, in the settled community, if you like, yeah. than there is in the, in the traveling community. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they, and they, and they down the traveling community for, for little or nothing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and we have it like. And they're have, a smaller population. Of course. But yet the things that they do is highlighted. Yeah, yeah. And it's blown up. Just okay. like when somebody from the working class area does something, like, you know, whether it be Conor McGregor or all these other things. That gets shown in the news. Yeah. You don't see the other like rugby players or someone else. That's when true. is that ever shown? That's true. You know, because these are middle class people, or he is middle yeah, class, yeah. the HSE middle class, and but just the working class exactly. you know, keep exactly. them down. It's shocking. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the work that you do with the, the mental health warriors and the community work that you do with okay. the area. Yeah, well, since Ryan passed away, I just, after my own problems, after two years after Ryan passed away, I just woke up. I woke up and said, look, this has to stop. Go and get yourself help. And I did. And and, and, and Michelle helped me. And she was amazing. Amazing. You can stand by me. Like, and, 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 you know, amazing. She's, um, I, I couldn't say enough about her. I swear. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I love her. All my heart. She's really unbelievable, you know. And um, she stood by me and she went with me to, to, to get help and, and see doctors and anything else. And I just said to myself, okay, something needs to be done, you know. Um, so I thought about the first thing I'd done, I, I called me with it with the community. And I said, look, this we, we need we need something in this community for people suffering mental health. We need and thank God Shannon's hopeline was actually I actually didn't know about them at the time. Mm. And I when I when I had this meeting, actually Lisa actually came to the meeting and I had she actually Talked about Shannon's hotline. Right. Right. And that was brilliant. And that it's was a long great. time in the pipeline, isn't it? Of course, of course, of course. And now that it's there, it's, a, it's an amazing achievement that they, they have done. People don't realize how yeah, yeah. and the struggles that he had. Getting that off the ground. Of was course. Nuts. Of course. The work that was went to get exactly. going on for years trying exactly. to get that off the ground. Amazing girls, really. But um, anyway, I, I said to myself, look, I've got, I have to put myself out there. I have to. And I told my story to a lot of people. You know, I told it. I, I'm not. I don't hide anything. You know, I, I honestly, I don't hide anything now. I, 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 people ask me, how did you cope? Well, I didn't cope. I done this. I done that. 
you know, and, and, and told him how Ryan was, and, you know, and, and they're taken back by the, the honesty. It's honest to God truth. Strength. You know. Yeah, I see well, strength. I see vulnerability as strength. Well, so do I. I mean, I often say, say to me, counsel now, if I was as brave as Ryan, I wouldn't be here today. Because I think people that do that, especially with the, 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 the mind that Ryan was in, it's so brave. But most most of the time, this is a fact that I learned, that most of the time when people try to die by suicide, and they're hanging themselves, for instance, it's kind of a last second thing that they, they start scrubbing the neck, that it's like, oh, did I want to do it? Ryan's neck was perfect. He just wanted to go. He, you know, and I remember again a few few people's funerals that I went to when I went to the the, um, the funeral home, and I actually noticed the scrubs on their neck, yeah. and and Ryan just didn't want to be here, and there was no scrapes on his neck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's to me, and I'm not I'm not boosting it up or saying oh suicide is great suicide. He's, he was a brave young man, 22 years of age, to actually do what he'd done to, to, to get himself out of this war that he didn't believe in. Yeah. You know, he didn't. And, and the, like, look, if the help, the proper help was there for Ryan, I believe he would be here still. And unfortunately, the proper help wasn't there for him. You know, he went, yeah. he went, we brought him everywhere. Matt, honestly, we'd done everything yeah. In their power to actually keep them with us, like honestly, we did, yeah. we did, and 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 I, and I still sometimes I still doubt that, course, you know, it's course, still, course, did we do it, you know, but we done we we done everything for him, we, you know, and he knew that, and I know he knew that, you know, Ryan, as I said, he was a great soul, he was a beautiful guy, beautiful, and 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 we done everything in our power to stop, but he didn't want to be here, he didn't. And, and people re- need to realise that. People need to realise that when someone is suffering with mental health, they need people around them. They don't need people to stand, stand back and, and, as you said, it's the stigma around it. They need people to stick with them. They need people for them to talk to. So they can lift up the phone if they're feeling down or whatever. They can lift up the phone and say, oh, their, their brothers, or sisters, or aunts, anybody, somebody to be there for them. To, and, 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 and for them to talk. So that that's that's what I, I believe and that's what I do. I, I my phone number is out there. I don't know many people have it now. But and I get phone calls a lot. And I don't I don't sometimes during the night I don't give I I'm just gonna say I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Right. Don't if I, if somebody is not feeling well and, and I can help in any way, shape or form, I'll do that. Mm. I I just that's that's my focus now is that you know my focus now is that to help anybody that's feeling unwell and I, and I, and and I'm not looking for to be you know I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm not saying oh, he's gonna be he's great he's great oh. it's not about that man it's about You're being a leader on your it's about community. helping somebody it's about helping somebody the, the help that my son didn't get mm. because we didn't know how to help him mm. we didn't. We didn't really know how to help him. He's done fucking great, man. You know, and 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 if people had told us, if these these so-called professional people had told us and listened to us, Brian probably would still be here. Yeah. So I think it, with my experience through all that, and, and if I can help somebody, that's what I do. 
and we created the Metal Health Warriors, and we're, we're now in in Kundalk and we're in Ballyfermot, we're in Tallaght. We, we have Metal Health Warriors all over the place. Right. We have them. We're trying to get them down the country. We're trying and and create this this aware. We create awareness on mental health and help people understand more about mental health, so they can they can they can help either themselves or their family or friends or whoever. And it's about talking and it's about communication and not to hide not hiding away and putting your head on the pillow and say oh, I can't get up this this morning because pick the phone up pick the phone up and call a friend and tell this friend how you're feeling and I be, and believe me it will help it it'll boost you up so much once you pick that phone up and call somebody and tell them how you're feeling yeah, and that's all it takes and this is what we're about just to create awareness and, and hopefully to save lives. Like Shannon's hotline is on all day, uh, all day, every day. Aaron's here beside me. Can we can we put your details at the end of our podcast? Can of we tag you as our support? Of course you can. Like going forward, we'll, we'll, plug, we'll plug it, Aaron. We we'll put that on all the the, the the show notes, so that will be our support. That Shannon hotline. Um, if there's a, there's a if there's a contact details, if there's email, we'll add that as well. And we're not about we we we're not about money. We don't we don't deal with money. We do we're just there. To help people to talk to people yeah. if you can go out to their house and sit down with them and talk to them and help them get a counselor probably counselor that they probably need if they don't need it you can you know you can we can work with them mm-hmm. we can we can help them in any way possible some people sometimes yeah. uh that's too far of a step going to a counselor just, just your normal joe so like you a man from the inner city the that they can trust and build that therapy before you don't have to have qualifications to do that. Well, and again, I got a phone call from Tipperary from really? because of my daughter, my daughter was as well. And I spoke to her and I still speak to her. Oh, that's fantastic. Man. And, that's she's, deadly. and she's great. You know, she's great. I told her she actually went to Pieta House. I told her to go and Pieta House helped her in any way because, again, I, I don't down Pieta House. Oh. They're amazing. But the fact is that they're opening up in America, for instance. They're going to America and opening up. Why do that when they need so many, so much help needed here? Why Franchise not open? Them. Well, that's to me, you know. Okay, well. So why not do it? Why not open more centers here to, to help people rather than go to America? When we're sorted here, but then go to America. But sorted people out here. The six weeks waiting list will be at the house. But anywhere you go now for 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 mental health, the waiting list is just crazy crazy i know someone that was waiting six months six months and they cut their wrists and they cut their wrist and passed away oh, you know and that's that's not good enough that's that shouldn't happen this day and age it shouldn't happen this day and age you know? an epidemic. You it's crazy stuff it's not it's crazy stuff you know what what's the one thing you would like people to take away from this interview after listening to you okay i'd, I'd love them to to, to listen to the story that I just told about Ryan, um, he, he for me again he was he was a he was a hero, and he was a lovely guy, but for people if 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 any of your sons or your daughters come into you and and tell you, try to talk to you, sit down and listen, sit down and listen. Don't dismiss them. Don't say oh we take you to the doctor or you you need this like we put you on this pill. It's not about that. It's about talking to them and listening to them. And it's all about communication. You need to talk. You need to communicate with your family. If they're unwell, if they're not feeling well in their, in their mind, it's a horrible thing 
believe me, it's a horrible thing to wake up in the morning and say, I can't get up. I can't get up out of this bed. I can't even talk to somebody. I, I just want the pillow over my head and that's it. And it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Horrible feeling not to want anybody. Not, not, not to, you know, not, just, just not want, feeling even wanted. You know, it's, it's a horrible feeling. And if someone comes to you, if someone in your family comes to you and say, I'm not well, listen to them, take them to as much help as possible. And please just, just help them. Just listen it's all, it's, and talk to them and don't ever let them go. Don't ever leave them. Ryan Lord Mason used to go into the room and he'd stay there for hours and hours and hours on his own. That's not good. Again, we didn't realize this. And unfortunately, it's a pattern. of course, you can you can see it. Your kids is in the bedroom playing these games, on, on on these games on their own, sometimes night and day. It's not good for kids to be doing that, because their mental health is, is it, it'll just go off the rails. Mm. And you need to you need to talk to people. You need to talk to your kids. Bring them out. Sit them down. Watch a film with them. Talk to them. Ask them how they're getting on in school. And I know people do that. I'm not saying that you know. I'm not saying don't, but be genuine with them. Tell, let them know that you're there for them. Let them know that you're interested in what they're doing, and tell them about your day. You know, and then try just interact with them and keep that family connection going because it's so important. It really is. It's so important, and, and you know, and and that's what it's it's badly needed. It's badly needed, and we need we need that we need a whole community to get together and and say like right, we've had enough. We've had enough, and it cannot happen to, to other people. It can't. For all I want, I don't want this to happen to any other. I wouldn't like another family to feel the way our family felt. And I know from as or not from parents and stuff, it's a horrible feeling. It's a, the devastation it leaves behind. It's horrendous, mm. and I just don't want that for anyone, anybody else. I just wouldn't. For no one, you know, I wouldn't. And I, 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 I hope, I hope anyone listening. I hope they, they take something from this and then family unit is amazing. Your, your family is, you need that family. You need that connection with your family. I get that from you. I get that sense you know, of unity. Need... I get that sense of, and strength in numbers. And of I can course. see your build in your community. Because we as men sometimes retreat, retreat into brain. It's the anatomical, the way we're designed. Yeah, you know, women uh, communicate in group, men pull back. You're going against that. You're bringing the community together. You're talking, you're open up. I'm blown away by your vulnerability. I'm blown away by your strength. Uh, I've always thought you were a credible human being. You and your family are fucking amazing, brilliant, unbelievable. You, you've, you've took the bat. You wear your superhero outfit well. You're doing fantastic work. And, I, and I'm not just saying to blow smoke up your hole. I love the liberties I, I see from the rooftops. It's amazing place. Yeah, uh, I'm blown away by your, your strength of character. Nice you might not see that. You might think, you you know, I can't stop you feeling the way you feel. That's your feeling. No, 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 no. But I'm proud to, to share this story with you. I'm proud of you and your family and the work that you did to not be, be blown away by the stigma, not be blown away by the naysayers and the judgments and the criticism. You've, you've r- r- risen above it. And it's fucking phenomenal. If you break your leg, you go to a doctor. It's the same thing. Your mind is broke. Go and see a doctor. Go and get help. Tell people how you feel. Tell people how you feel. And don't be ashamed. It's not to be ashamed about. No. It's not to be ashamed about. You're sick and that's it. And it can be... You can get well and you can get the help with, your, with the help of your family and friends and talking to them. You can. And it will happen for you. 
the will happen for you out there, you know. The will, if you're feeling, feeling unwell, you, can, you think the world is going against you, talk, tell people, tell people, talk. It's all about communication. It really is. And I guarantee you, it will help. Oh, wow, Brian, you're so mad. Guys, if you need any help, get in contact with Mental Health Warriors, get in contact with the Shannon Hope line. We have a Facebook page. We have Facebook. a Facebook page. Yeah. We'll put France uh, contact details. Yeah. My details will be there and all the other supports will be there. If there's anything in the show that's really impacted people, get in touch, even if it's just to have a conversation. Even if people want to meet me for a coffee, I'll be anyone, anytime. I'm the same here. I do know, a lot of time. Time is a valuable commodity. Of course. Uh, Fran, from myself, from Aaron, from Kevin. Kevin's related to you, by the way. Really? He tells me, is this true? Is Kevin, Kevin the technical legend, is he related to you? He says he is. Oh, I don't <laughs> believe it. He asked me, by the way, he asked me to uh, uh, give a shout out to his beautiful girlfriend, uh, Kirsty. She's uh, a lovely girl. Yeah, like he's Hell, what's the story? He's punching above his weight there. I think he like? is, I think he is, yeah. She, I think he is points above his weight, all right. Fair but play, he's, he's She's doing charity work. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Kevin is a legend. He's a lovely guy. Kevin is the technical the legend. Of, I know Kevin from the time he was a kid. An amazing kid. Yeah. Amazing young fit. Yeah, he's just a grumpy he bastard. I know he is. <laughs> no, he's not. I, I love him. I've been lost without the podcast. But lovely. from the bottom of my heart, uh, myself, Aaron, Kevin, the Liberties, our community, I salute you and thanks I think you're doing amazing work and keep it up I'm really really proud I'm, really, really I'm honoured to have you on the show thanks man Book. amazing of course man of course thanks very much thanks very much yeah. listen amazing thanks very much